Yale Wells Healthcare Podcast, where we say the quiet things loud, and sometimes we say the loud things loud, and sometimes we just say things. So I am Rebecca Surgeon. I'm Yale Wells Education Director. I am joined here with Corey Rivera and our very special, super smart guest, Sakina Irizarry, who is um, going to talk with us today about some hot topics, possibly some cold topics, definitely topics. Um, and we are looking forward to this conversation. But as I said before we got on this recording, um, I think bad things will happen if we don't have a pun. It's like we say in our live classes that bad things will happen if we don't get in the circle before class and have a moment of sharing. So consider the pun your circle moment of sharing a little laughter today. And today's pun is uh, inspired by our Patreon, our super secret squirrels. Um, so the question is, how do you get a squirrel to like you? Any ideas? No thoughts? You act like a nut. <laughs> that silence is the sound of everyone missing cow case right now. <laughs> There are no words. I'm sorry. Very cute. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Sakina. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, don't worry. It can only get better from here. Um, but as you may have heard us talk about before, our Patreons, we call you our super secret squirrels. And um, if you are interested in being a super secret squirrel, check out our Patreon. There's a ton of bonus content. Um, extra interviews, uh, discussions about documentaries, all kinds of things on there. We'll have the link in the show notes. Um, but first of all, today, um, let's talk about some other stuff. And um, I would like to invite our guest, Sakina, to just maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, okay. <laughs> um... I am a licensed massage therapist for, I think, going on 18 years. Um, I am located in upstate New York. Um, I, my passions are equity in all forms, and I, I um, am one of the co-presenters of Heal Well's um, uh, racism in the massage industry um, class. Uh, and what else? Uh, in, in my free time, uh, which there's not a lot of because I'm raising two kids, um, I am uh, passionate about uh, equity in my, my children's school district. And I spend a lot of time working on that. And somewhere in the middle of that, you found time to be here with us today. And we are very, very grateful. Thank you. Thank you for um, having me. Absolutely. So the impetus for this for this particular conversation was um, a message in a conversation that Sakina and I had. Um, I have the the pleasure of being able to communicate regularly when folks submit their final um, writing assignment for the challenging racism in the massage industry class, which um, Sakina looks at personally, um, and she. Uh, drew my attention to this, this uh, what do I want to call it, this uh, push by an organization called Red Canary Song. Um, and Sakina, will you tell us more about, about this and 
how the discussion got started. So um, it got started because I have, um, you know, uh, in New York, we have um, a couple of different groups that keep uh, keeps eyes on uh, legislative matters when it comes to massage therapy. Um, and in a, in, in a conference, in a, uh, another class that we were in, um, we do monthly classes, uh, there was a conversation about this proposed bill um, in New York State, and it is uh, bill number A8281. Um, and it's been submitted by uh, Assemblyperson Gonzalez Rojas to remove criminal uh, penalties for those who practice unlicensed massage and prevent law enforcement from seizing the property of massage workers, including cash. And this has come about because of, uh, they put out a document, um, a pretty uh, thorough document, um, talking about how uh, Asian massage workers um, and uh, particularly massage sex workers, not um, licensed massage therapists, uh, Asian massage sex workers are being targeted by law enforcement. Um, they often have <clears throat> their belongings confiscated because, and um, they have money confiscated. They, uh, the workers there have been uh, harassed and, um, and oppressed. Um, and it's been very violent and they are a, dis, uh, a disempowered community. And so the report that they put out was talking about policing of unlicensed massage. Um, so I think that, well, not I think that, they, their documentation um, says that they believe that these laws are specifically targeting Asian massage work under the guise of combating human trafficking. Mm. Um, they talk about the strategies that have been used uh, to police this community, um, and they would like this type of racialized policing to end. Uh, where it runs up against, against uh, licensed massage workers um, in New York and in um, other cities is uh, this is not work that licensed massage therapists want to engage in. This is not our industry. This doesn't have anything to do with us. And without denigrating uh, one industry as a means of uh, uplifting or separating our own, I would really like to see <clears throat> that work try to build its own umbrella to shield its workers um, rather than rather than be placed under the umbrella of massage work, uh, massage therapy, licensed massage therapy, because um, New York State is one of the, uh, it, and I can really only, again, speak to our, for our state. Um, New York State is one of the, has some of the highest licensing requirements in the country. 
I think um, on par with Washington state. Um, it's twice the hours than in many other states and their own, um, it, New York state has its own licensing exam. Um, it's been, it's a lot of work to become a massage therapist in, in New York state and to have that cast aside in order to incorporate an industry that really doesn't have to do with us and the work that we do, I think is, uh, it poses a danger to uh, massage workers who are not engaging in, um, in sex work. Um, and uh, I, I would much rather see, rather than um, fights about what belongs to who and, um, you know, uh, and who has a right to protection and who's, who's breaking the law and who's uh, who act, acting within the law. I would like to see support um, from fellow massage therapists on legalizing sex work so it doesn't have to be under our umbrella. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so much there that I think touches on what becomes a lot of like um, exploding head fireworks uh, <laughs> for, for uh, some massage therapists and some massage therapy organizations. Um, and, and I remember when we were talking about this and it was reading their proposal, I think we agree that um, on a couple of things, first of all, that the aim of the proposal, which is to protect and um, support people who are being um, targeted and abused and um, who are a part of a, a disempowered group currently, um, definitely all about that outcome, but the means to the outcome um, seemed not quite air. And we had talked about like the, the idea of legalizing sex work is something that almost feels like the dirtiest dirty word um, among some massage therapists, not all. Um, but that feels like an important part of this to me. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do y'all think? So I I think that massage therapists in general have a big problem with off-limits topics. Um, there are things that we just refuse to talk about or refuse to talk about in any way that is, um, we're like, we're kind of okay with binary discussions and we're really not okay with any other dimensions past that. Um, so either it is or it isn't, um, it is good or it is bad. And you really can't talk about anything like that, I think. Um, and certainly not these kinds of topics that involve so many angles and people and situations, um, not necessarily of our making or even their making, but like they're made now. And to just pretend that it doesn't exist in a gray area prevents any conversation and any solution making at all. Because if you can't talk about it, talk about it freely, then how are you going to find a solution to a really complicated problem? So I I'm really glad that we're talking about this since I feel like it's people trying to solve a problem which has mostly to do with law enforcement, which is not us, um, but that is sort of pushing into our area and pushing into someone else's area and not really offering a solution. But 
once you say sex work, the conversation ends and it can't, like the conversation cannot end here because that's not the end of the conversation <laughs> and there is no right. solution that's been proposed. So, right. Here we go. Right. Well, I, I think that um, we all individually and uh, also collectively have got to talk about what our, um, you know, I, I, I think, and Rebecca, we had this in our private conversation, um, that massage therapy as an industry it has a bit of an identity crisis because uh, you have people who, you know, the who want to strictly stay in the body and medical and proven and evidence-based. And you have the folks who are energy work and, um, you know, energy work and, um, aromatherapy and I mean I don't mean to put that you know to to put those things as uh, but they're but they're not based in um you know strict 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 anatomy um proven studies you know so you have the very science and you have the you know open to other um healing practices or or uh, body work practices uh not not healing um you and you have this aspect also that has for historically um, been in uh, been cover for uh, any any placing of uh, you know placing of hands on a naked body privately in in a private setting, mm -hmm. um, and so. I don't think that we are going to solve this by, um, it, you know, solve this issue if we are willing to take it on as an issue because there are people who are being harmed. And that is like, that's top of line for me personally. There are people yeah. being harmed. How do we do, How do we stop people from being harmed? How do we do no further harm? Right. Right. That's, but that's it. I, I agree, Sakina. And this is something that we talked about too, that like the first, the first thing in any conversation about this or any other issue around massage licensing changes or similar things is um, that there are people who are being harmed and, and our, I really feel like our responsibility, not only as people who have chosen to be caregivers for a living, um, you know, to be healthcare workers for a living, but also as human beings who live among other human beings, is to do what we can um, for the people who are being harmed. Um, I, I wonder, just, Cal is a much better devil's advocate, but I'm going to try um, <laughs> for the people who would say that, well, yeah, but the, the, what the proposed bill could also bring harm upon massage therapists. Absolutely. Yeah. And what, um, it, 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 this, is, this is tricky. You'll hear me hesitate a lot because I, um, we really want to um, listen to and value all perspectives. And we certainly have particular opinions as we do from those things. Um, and the awareness of this is, as the, the sort of scorching center of the fire. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. And we, we don't want to see, again, that still falls under, we don't want to see harm to people, Mm -hmm. human beings. We don't want to see harm to anyone in our industry and the bill as written could, could harm, uh, you know, could do harm. So, um, and, and also it could expand. Um, I, I would think it could expand some of, uh, the people who are organizations, institutions that are looking to uh, or condone harming a community under the guise of complying with the law are going Mm -hmm. to find a way. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only does this, you know, does this open licensed massage therapists to uh, potentially be propositioned and they who who don't want it and that is not what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it could also uh, make us the targets of, you know, the, the law is um, creative when it comes to who it wants to, who it wants to target. So um, I so I don't want to see harm come to our industry mm-hmm. either over this. So is there a way we can come to some, you know, can we come to some some common ground rather than cutting off the com- the conversation at, no, this is ours, that is yours, you know, we don't want any part of you and what happens to you is all on you. Um, yeah. I think yeah. the more voices we can have in support of, um, protecting all, um, the better. Um, but I think that there is definitely, um, you know, feelings get touchy. Um, people get, uh, you know, uh, um, there in some of the conversations that I've had, it is, um, it is portrayed as, well, they're coming after us and our legitimacy and, um, because we're the low hanging fruit. They're not Mm. going after, you know, they're not trying to be, you know, put under medical. They're not trying to be put under um, uh, aesthetics or uh, any other work on the body. They're trying to be put under our, you know, they're seeking protection under our, the, the umbrella that the massage industry has built. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple of things in that kind of language that, that uh, I think require unpacking um, that when people I'm, say that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I'm trying really hard to be gentle about it. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um, but there's one thing about, you know, that, that they're doing this over there and that harms us over here. And this, this, the way that we talk about even other groups of healthcare, other groups that are not massage therapists, the them and us, I think hurts us in the long term as a profession. Um, uh, because it's, it's just really, um, it feels like another way in which some, not all, hashtag not all massage therapists, whatever you want to say, um, massage therapists try to build this precious little wall of preciousness, um, which 
I'm just gonna, this is, this is me. This is only my opinion. So if you don't like me calling you precious, email me. Um, but this precious little wall of preciousness around the community um, that makes it impossible for us to, to do the thing that Hillwell's been talking about forever to look within and be like, oh, right. Here's a problem in the community that we made. <laughs> and maybe we did this and maybe um, we need to change how we are. Um, yeah. Um, can I note for the record that my precious little wall of preciousness is made of glass and has my little pony stickers on it? <laughs> like that was the image that immediately came to mind. <laughs> well, this must be a generational thing, but mine is strawberry shortcake. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got heart. I just got heart eyes and like nice. the, little, the little hearts around the just so we're all on the yes. semi-same page about the yes. precious wall. Definitely scratch and sniff. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I've been having kind of a conversation like this um, about um, for Michigan issues. Um, Michigan massage therapists are technically under health care. We were treated as personal care during the pandemic, and there is no end of complaining about it. Um, and it's fascinating to hear that everybody argues both sides at the same time, right? Oh, we're healthcare, so we should have been allowed to keep working. Oh, but they try to, um, but I don't want to wear a mask. Also, that, that comes up a lot, you know. Um, and, um, but I'm not healthcare, I'm personal care because I do these things, but I totally should have been allowed to keep working, but I work for a chiropractor. I like, you name it, it gets said and often in the same sentence by people. And one of the things that is difficult to sort out is that because we have no identity, like our collective identity is a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle on the floor at this point. Um, I, I tell people that the reason the government is able to do that is because we have no identity. And while it's not right of them to do that, it is really convenient that we have no identity for them. And yes. we, we have no feet to stand on in this argument. And I feel like this thing that we're discussing right now is the same. Like, if we can't tell you what massage is, how can we tell you what it isn't and who does not belong under our umbrella? And we can't. We just right. don't have that. Right. I Same. I um, signed on to a lot of message boards uh, during, uh, during the height of um, closures and uh, of that portion of the pandemic. Um, where I saw a lot of that that same identity fight. No, we're personal care. No, we're um, we're healthcare. Um, we people had conversations with actual massage therapists who were just like, whatever the law says, I'm going to do. You know, I'm doing mm -hmm. my work anyway because people need me. Mm -hmm. um, and it was uh, it was a, it was a little. Uh, uh, crazy making um, for me personally, um, because I, I, I understand the perspectives, but you know, what do you put first? What do you prioritize? Safety, if you're prioritizing safety of as many people, of all and as many people as possible, that, you know, that, you know, comes first. But, you know, I remember, Quite honestly, um, the this podcast or in its previous iteration was like um, so helpful to me to speaking about the feelings of, you know, um, 
that we feel in our need to help people and in our need to, um, you know, to heal big quotes um, around that um, people, um, you know, uh, it, it really did, you know, you, you're absolutely right. It's, we are all over the place and it means that, that our industry can easily be fractured or factioned off um, because we, we don't want to come to, or we cannot, or have uh, common agreements over what massage therapy is. We don't have any firm definitions. Well, yeah, and it's interesting too, because that, that kind of brings me around to the other thing earlier um, that, that um, I think we might have just unpacked is the idea of massage as low-hanging fruit, right? So when an organization like Red Canary Song, who has a, a mission that is all about protecting human beings, right? We can get behind that. We should be able to get behind that, <laughs> protecting yes. human beings. Um, it, it sort of comes up against something that we feel is important for us in, in our protection um, and identity and whatever else. It's our inability to, first of all, recognize and acknowledge the most important thing, which is protecting human beings and express who we are and how this affects us in a coherent way that makes us the low hanging fruit. That is, I don't wanna say vulnerable, but open to um, this kind of challenge, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and yes. yeah, go ahead, Sakina. Yes, um, it, 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 would, uh, it would be helpful if there were a way we could build, not a, not a precious wall, but just a definition of, you know, th- this is who we are, you know. And rather than define ourselves by what we are not, um, yeah. you know, talk about what we are. This is what we are. This is what we do. And I think that there's a lot, uh, you know, I think that there are a lot of organizations and massage therapists and groups that uh, do a great job of, you know, of making that definition for themselves and the people who want to join under them. Um, but uh, this is why, you know, I love Heal Well so much. It's like, well, things are messy. And if we're trying to include, you know, we're trying to include as many people as possible. We're trying to protect people, you know, overall, we have to have these conversations and, um, you know, and, and, and shake out some, I don't know. I don't want to say, um, uh, because I, I worry about getting into the, um, I, I worry about wandering into gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, good fences make good neighbors, but mm-hmm. I, I worry about wandering into the territory of gatekeeping also. Yeah. Um, do you want to say, say a little more about that? Um, well, whenever I question why things are the way they are, it usually comes down to me uh, to, a lot of times to money. And so to become a massage therapist in my state costs a lot of money. Many programs only have daytime programs. I was fortunate to find, um, well, 
when when I first went through massage therapy school, I went I was living in New Jersey. Um, and I was fortunate to find a massage therapy program that had weekend and evening hours because I was working a full-time job. Um, but for many massage programs, they're only open during the day, Monday through Friday. Um, so you have to have uh, the financial means. Um, you have to have, there, there, there is a significant hurdle to becoming a licensed massage therapist in New York. And why? But, you know, why, you know, uh, and I think that, um, I think there's a lot of pride around that, um, you know, but does it make us inherently better than, than other states? Um, so anyway, that, that gate, that, that barrier basically to, uh, becoming a massage therapist there, you know, most of the schools only during the day. So yeah, can you be, um, yeah, and, and, and I, I don't know. I just, uh, you know. I have a question. Yes. What's the <laughs> difference between standards and gatekeeping? Mm. Ah, that's a good question. Because we, I, I like you, so everybody here agrees that you can hurt people with massage therapy. Like mm -hmm. it's a possibility. You don't know what you're doing totally a thing. Right. So standards have to be in place Set. and met in order to keep people safe. Um, Sakina, what you were talking about is like social setup to maximize options for certain people, I guess. And that sort of casually minimizes them for other people. Um, my big experience with that part of standardized or gatekeeping is um, the idea that lots of massage therapists have learning disabilities and couldn't make it through a standardized medical program. And those standardized medical programs are absolutely gatekeeping, um, partly because they just don't care. And they have enough people, which they really don't right now, but that's a different conversation. Um, but like they could make more options or accessibility choices for other people that they do not make, which gives us a really weird, ableist, uncomfortable sort of medical group of people. And massage therapy fills the space for the people who would like to take care of people, but for whatever reason, can't make it through that program. But then massage therapy doesn't make room for people who need night classes or weekend classes because they have kids and jobs and lives. And it's a second career for a lot of people. Like, of course they have kids and jobs and lives. Um, and, you know, again, and I'm not talking all of, you know, of course, because I'm sure that they are out there. Yeah, there, there are less, um, you know, there are less options out there uh, right now, again, coming off of two years of mm -hmm. unprecedented um, mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that you, you, it is a, it, it's a great question that, um, you know, that opens up a whole nother conversation of what is gatekeeping versus what is standards. <laughs> what is You're standards? welcome. You gotta have standards. <laughs> you, you absolutely have to, you know, you absolutely have to have standards. Yeah. Um, we don't, don't think day classes is a good standard, right? Like making people like have to 
sacrifice that way or pay that much or whatever it is like that's not a standard so much like what or what kind of result does that get you and doesn't meet a standard or does it just meet something else some other group of people this is true well it's it's interesting because this conversation like right around standards in particular in the massage industry i think is one that is continuing that we continue to circle back to and circle back to and no matter what we talk about on this podcast. And it's not because we're obsessed with it, although maybe we are, or maybe mm -hmm. I am. Um, but it's because this, this is underneath everything, in my opinion. Um, particularly when in a situation like the one that, that sparked this conversation in the first place, when our idea of the standards of this community are fear-based. And I think that that's, I feel like that's a lot of what's happening with this particular issue, not with every issue in massage. I mean, we could, that's like years of discussion that we're mm -hmm. on the road of right now. But this right. particular issue um, it is so fear-based and, you know, we're afraid of being seen as this. We're afraid of, you know, clients coming, wanting sex acts when that's not what we do and we don't know how to deal with that we're afraid of sex let's just say it out loud i think in general um yes yeah you know and we're afraid of of how we're going to be perceived um and that sort of i think is getting bunged up in our heads around the question of standards and i think it obscures what is the actual issue which is that our standards are a mess they're a mess. I mean, you just talked, you talked about earlier, Sakina, the, the standards of, or the requirements, say, um, of your particular state to become a massage therapist, which are way different than the requirements of my particular state. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty <laughs> standard. Um, usual, like in, in many states, I think are similar to Kentucky. There's a certain number of hours. You take the national licensing exam, you pay some money. Um, but it's, it's totally different and different to Michigan, which I think has been going through a lot of, um, changes, decisions, decisions. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Michigan adopted the 625 hours. Um, we also lost half of our schools during COVID. Mm -hmm. So we went from 20 to 10. Um, and Michigan is a very large state, although we don't always look like it on the map. Um, we're very big. So transportation to a school is, um, a huge problem, especially the further north you get. Yeah. So less schools is kind of sucky. And it snows a lot up north. So travel is also a little sticky. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and that gets back to what Sakina, you were talking about earlier, which is another conversation that we should be having is, is what are the barriers? And that mm -hmm. is, I think, a barrier, like the you ge you geographic proximity. Um, yes. No, it's um, it, geographic proximity to schools, you know, and, and these are for us. That is within our purview uh, of our industry to, you know, to resolve. But I think that perhaps folks on the um, legislative front, I don't know if we can always, 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 <laughs> say that they are doing um, 
that they are, you know, like how did that decision between 500 hours and 625 come into place? Did they, did that many more hours make the difference between, uh, did that make a difference in, in competency? Um, it you was know? the ELAP actually that did that one, at least for Michigan it was. Okay. I, and then, I have no idea if it made a difference. <laughs> and, and in, um, you know, interestingly, in, in my state, I've always found it interesting that, you know, we sit for a written exam, but there's, uh, there's, I don't know that anyone anywhere does a hands-on. Not that I know. Uh, you know, when I got certified in prenatal work, um, you know, I had to do a hands-on uh, for that certification. But um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> All of these, all of this, uh, you know, really, it, it does play into, um, you know, how how fractured and it's different in every state. And in some states, it's different depending on what county you're in, what fees they're going to levy against you, what, you know. Um, there are a lot of, there are people who are fighting, um, you know, uh, how, uh, massage is categorized in, oh goodness, I'm going to, I'm going to forget this, but basically it was about how massage got categorized, uh, in all of North America. What was that mm. called? The NAKE, the NAKE system. Um, it is the North American and I would have to look up what the rest of that, uh, that standard is called, but it, it basically is a, a tax identifier in order to count how many, um, in order to know how many um, massage therapists are part of our industry. Oh. Um, it was, there was uh, an existing number for massage parlors and massage therapy. And that recently, um, that was fought for and, you know, to be taken out from under the purview of massage parlors mm. in this uh, classification system. Mm. Yeah. North American classified classification identifier system. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a business system. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that this, uh, you know, this, pursuit for legitimacy, this pr pursuit for standards can sometimes veer into, can sometimes veer into gatekeeping. And yes, we're always, you know, I, I've stopped reacting when people say Seuss to me. I, I've just, I've just stopped because, you know, it, it didn't, it no longer mattered to me, but for some folks, it really, really mattered. And I think that that is, again, just, we are so focused on that, you know, that is not, um, not wanting to talk about sex, not mm -hmm. wanting, you know, um, yeah. And, and at the same time, I am trying to push for a differentiation of these industries mm -hmm. so that massage therapists are protected and also sex workers are protected. Right. And especially when it, when it's uh, broken down to something, uh, a, a population that is so disempowered, uh, 
particularly by race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. To, there's so many things, <laughs> so many things. But it's interesting to me the the reaction to or I might be making this up, and feel free to tell me I'm overreacting. But the the reaction to massage therapists who talk about supporting sex workers, right, and supporting making that legal protected, you know, a, a, a profession, it is a profession. Mm -hmm. It is, that's, that's not a, that's not a question, but, but making it a protection that has also um, the additional protection of the law, I guess, as far as that goes. Um, yeah. That there's the assumption that, that supporting that automatically makes you a traitor to massage therapists. And I don't understand that. that. That would be like, how is it that would, to me, that would be like saying, I support physical therapy profession. And that doesn't make me a traitor to massage right. therapists. It just right. makes me want to, to have a means to make it more clear to the public, to potential clients, patients, whatever we call the people who come to see us. Um, to make it more clear what they can expect from this particular professional. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking about, I can't remember if we talked about this, Sakina, but the, the whole, the, this whole um, proposed bill with, with Red Canary Song reminded me of when I lived and worked in the Chicago area. Um, there was a big panic about human trafficking. Um, probably still is a big panic about human trafficking, which might be a whole other conversation. Um, and so the city council in which I had my practice proposed um, anti-trafficking statutes that would basically, it was, it's, I can laugh about it now because it didn't pass, but it was so silly. Like there were things like they wanted to make it illegal to massage glutes because mm -hmm. that's your butt. You know, they wanted to make make it illegal for massage therapists to have an office door that locked in any way. That's legal right. in Michigan. Just you know. Like even from the inside, like if somebody could yes. unlock it from the inside. Yes. But I can oh lock so I can lock my whole office, but I can't lock the treatment room. See, this is <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, this is like a rant, a rant, a common, which I will save for <laughs> a bonus or something. Because then how do you, the place where I happen to have my practice was a center in which we each had separate treatment rooms, right? We didn't have an office. We had a room. So if we couldn't lock our room, that meant we couldn't protect our investment of equipment. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there was this big sort of upswing of people who showed up, like this surge of massage therapists who showed up at the city council meeting and they, they were a little overwhelmed because this is, you know, it's a suburb and not very many people usually showed up at the meeting. And um, fortunately, the first person who spoke was um, very well-spoken and knew what she was going to say and made really clear points about um, why can't we make our doors locked so that they can be unlocked from the inside. You know, so the idea behind the proposal was so that you couldn't lock somebody in your room and traffic them and they couldn't be a prisoner. Right. 
But if they can unlock the door from the inside, they can get it out. <laughs> it also sounds like they were trying to solve problems that I don't know that they had. Exactly. <laughs> trying to solve problems using the law, which is not a scalpel. Exactly. You know, it, like using a bludgeon to solve a tiny pro- infinitesimal problem that maybe not even had happened. And, the, you know. Mm-hmm. It was all fear-based. It was all fear-based, mm-hmm. like we were talking about. Because there was a uh, business that got um, quote unquote busted or raided or shut down um, Mm -hmm. on suspicion of trafficking. Um, I I don't know what the outcome of that case was because I I moved away shortly after. Um, And I think it was that, that uh, not just massage therapists, but people in general in the suburb that was pretty wealthy, you know, it, it, it tended towards wealthy white folks, uh, super liberal wealthy white folks who were just like, oh, my stars, you know, in the, in the neighborhood. Um, so there was right. a lot of fear around that. But it's, you're right, Sakina, there's, there's this idea of using the law to address an issue that is more subtle than the law. Right. Um, it is um, challenging. You know, like voter ID. Definitely. That is another, another conversation. But yeah. uh, Rebecca, I did want to speak to um, about fear. Yeah. And, and, and things that are, you know, um, legislating from fear and, um, or, or, I want to, I want to say that legitimacy, massage therapists legitimately, um, their fear can be legit as far as Mm -hmm. I don't want a certain person coming into my business, uh, seeking out services that I do not offer. Uh, I find that very off-putting. I find that angering. I find that, you know, if, if they want to be offended, but um, but mostly, uh, they're afraid because mm-hmm. I'm also trying to, I also have to remember how I walk around in the world. Um, I live in a very boring community. Um, <laughs> I am over six feet tall. Um, I don't, I am not often physically intimidated. Um, not often. Uh, so to someone who is maybe, um, you know, five, two buck 25, you know, um, being afraid of being alone in an office and being approached. Yeah, absolutely. I, that is absolutely legitimate. And that is not the kind of fear, uh, that I, that we're speaking of, um, when we talk about, uh, 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 legislating from from a place of fear. Um, I think that it's more about the fear of losing some kind of status or stature or legitimacy um, rather than just clearly defined lines of this is this is what we provide, this is not what we provide. That's thank you for that clarification. I think that's really important, an important point to make. I don't think any of us are saying that. No, but I wanted to say it out loud just because I, 
and I'm trying to be more conscious of my own biases because mm-hmm. of how I walk through the world. So yeah, 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 um, absolutely, yeah. So I, I want to make sure that we say um, what because we've mentioned Red Canary Song a couple of times, but that we say a little bit more about who they are and what they do. Um, and and uh, y'all, if you're interested in the, the proposed legislation that got this conversation started, I will share in the show notes a Twitter thread um, from Red Canary Song that will link you to um, their proposal and their report so you can read. And I hope that you will read with, um, with uh, the intention of understanding, if not agreeing with um, necessarily uh, what they are basing their proposals on. Um, so tell, tell me what you know about Red Canary Song. Um, okay, I am, because I don't want to. Um, all right, um, they're, they're, they are a grassroots collective of Asian sex workers and co-conspirators for migrant justice, labor rights, not police raids, full decriminalization and anti-trafficking. So, um, you know, and, um, you know, their social media feeds have, um, you know, some links to um, speeches that they've given, um, dedications, uh, you know, um, uh, ceremonies to remember the, the massage, uh, uh, Asian massage um, workers who were uh, killed a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that the the fear in which um, Asian women, uh, particularly, I, I would say, particularly in, in large cities, mm-hmm. uh, are. Um, all Asian women are operating under um, this uh, sense of fear and of not being protected. Um, And um, they are, you know, they represent this specifically, but they are in, um, you know, they are are joined with a a lot of groups, uh, a lot of other groups that that are standing against, Asian hate. Yeah. So there's, I, I mean, that seems like a mission that you could kind of support and still also support massage therapy to me. I would hope so. I am trying to reach out to, um, to organization representatives to just have a conversation. Uh, because again, sometimes when we, um, I, I'm trying to come to this with the, the most open of hearts to think that, is this something has the impact of legislation like this, which I would say in today's climate, I don't know has uh, much of a chance of uh, passing, but I also don't want to see the conversations veer into anything that is, um, you know, that is, that's damaging or denigrating to 
um, one another. Um, but ha has the impact of how this would uh, affect uh, the massage industry um, been explored? Has, has that been considered? Because um, I don't think from what I've heard of the organization and the work that they've been doing, which I will say has been limited to, um, you know, I came in to start hearing about this, this organization uh, a little over a year ago when uh, Asian, you know, massage workers were, were targeted. Um, um, you know, my, that, that bit of knowledge of them, I don't think that they are um, seeking to do harm, that they are, you know, that they are hopefully uh, seeking to protect. And, uh, and, and I would hope that this is just a, a, an oversight yeah. to, to maybe if there was a place that we could come and have a conversation rather than um, butting up against each other and each trying to, um, you know, carve out, carve out their piece. Um, yeah. Yeah, if we could meet, oh God, what could happen if we could all meet around the table in which we agree that the, the love of humanity is the most important thing, right? Love That's the overarching humanity. thing. Yes. Yeah, like what could, we, what could we do? Oh my God. I would love to be at that table. <laughs> Me too. Even if I said, <laughs> I've done a lot of talking today, but even if I said <laughs> nothing at all, yeah. I would love to be at that table just to um, just to to hear. And I am very much a believer in um, restorative practices. Uh, and I think that uh, that it would be perfect for I think it would be perfect for uh, uh, Healwell would be a perfect uh, organization mm -hmm. where such a conversation could happen. Uh, definitely not on Facebook. <laughs> definitely no. not there. definitely not on Facebook. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's definitely not on any kind of social media. <laughs> <laughs> but at the Humanity Loves Table, where we have the best snacks. And yes. <laughs> there would all, be snacks. All of good snacks. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I always like to end with love, but is there, what else is out there? Is there anything that, that needs to be said or, um, or that you would like to, to make sure that people keep in their heads before we go? I have a small um, thing. Yeah. Um, when you are home and after you listen to this podcast and maybe check out Red Canary Song, they have some, um, their resource page is really, really interesting. Um, they've got some fabulous um, PDFs about human trafficking and sex work and rights and things that are happening. Um, and you should totally check it out. But while you're checking such things out and thinking to yourself, um, if you catch yourself thinking the word them, then you might want to back up a couple of steps and start over again. Because as soon as you start putting people into a category of a thing, then you're going to get yourself in trouble in your thinking. So take your time, be slow. Right. Um, thank you. Um, and for me, it is just please always in all of your the communities that you inhabit, look for who's not represented, 
look for who's the most disempowered, connect in some way, um, whether directly or by educating yourself about them and find out how you can help because (laughs) the world isn't getting any easier. We need to build the strongest communities we can in order to have the resources for whatever whatever hits us next. Over the past two years, watching things fracture, watching groups, um, watching people who are targeted, watching uh, groups and, um, you know, faction off over something so basic as community health has just been really disheartening to watch. And so we need to be as engaged as we can be in um, building ourselves up, building up the resources to, you know, withstand what's coming next because there's always some. Oh my goodness, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Sakina, for being being here and sharing your experience and your example of um, measured and loving (laughs) truth-telling with us here today. Um, this, this conversation as in all the conversations that we have in the podcast will be continued in the Kiowal community. That is a social network that is, um, worth your time because we are being honest and respectful and loving and, uh, talking about the hard things and supporting each other and talking about the hard things. So check us out at community.kiowal.org. Um, This will be the final episode of season six of Interdisciplinary. After this week, we're going to take a little break, but don't worry, we will come back um, with more. The conversations don't get any easier, but we're going to still have them and uh, hope to laugh in the middle. Meanwhile, I hope that you enjoy your scratch and sniff or your puffy hearts or your My Little Pony or whatever is on your precious wall of preciousness this week. Um, And we're grateful that you're here. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Interdisciplinary is produced by Healwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. New episodes are available weekly through your favorite podcast outlet. Uh, and you can send us an email at podcast at healwell.org. That's podcast at healwell.org. Thanks for listening.